Welcome to the Gospel Evil Podcast. My name is Michael, your host and teacher. Here at the Gospel Evil Podcast, we teach the Bible expositionally. In other words, we teach the Bible in context to how God revealed his word. And as a result of that, you will know God's word, know God, and you'll grow in your faith. And that's the reason why we are doing the whole book of Mark. We've done a number of messages, but we are still on chapter 1. Today, we are going to look at verses 29 to 39 of chapter 1. And the title of the message is, The King Shows His Power. Let's go over to the message. I've been to a special service with a big guest speaker coming to the church. This speaker was well known and there was hype before his arrival. And interestingly, he came right in the middle of the service. That was when the singing and worship was going on. So before he went up the pulpit, he had the grandest introduction and then he preached. After his preaching, as soon as the last song was starting, he left the service. No one from the congregation gets to meet him. He was away. You see, there are many of these kinds of preachers these days. You see, if they can't wait till the end of the service, what chance the normal people that he has been preaching to would meet him, let alone them coming to your house or anything like that. That is almost unspeakable. Well, the text that we're going to look at today is what Jesus actually did. Jesus, after the synagogue service, he was invited by his disciples. He was invited to Peter's house that evening. And that is the scripture we're going to look at today. That is from Mark chapter 1, verses 29 to 39. We continue our series on the gospel of Mark. We're still on chapter 1. If we look back on the past previous messages, we see firstly the preparation of the king when John the Baptist prepared the way of the Lord. When he baptized people and preached for them to repent and believe. And then the next one was the confirmation of the king when Jesus Christ was baptized and the witness of the Holy Spirit as well as the Father. But then we moved on to the the cosmic authority of the king. Jesus at the synagogue preached with authority and cast out demons. He cast out that evil in pure spirit from that man. And we pick it up from there, from verse 29. The service is over. Now Jesus is going to find himself at Peter's house. So let me read 29 to 39. It says, as soon as they left the synagogue, you see, they went with James and John to the home of Simon and Andrew. Simon's mother-in-law was in bed with her fever, and they immediately told Jesus about her. So he went to her, took her hand, and helped her up. The fever left her, and she began to wait on them. 
that evening after sunset, the people brought to Jesus all the sick and demon-possessed. The whole town gathered at the door and Jesus healed many who had various diseases. He also drove out many demons, but he would not let the demons speak because they knew who he was. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Simon and his companions went to look for him and when they found him, they exclaimed, Everyone is looking for you, Jesus replied. Let us go somewhere else to the nearby villages so I can preach there also. That is why I have come. So he traveled throughout Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and driving out demons. So let's understand these verses. Firstly, power at Peter's house. Secondly, prayer in a solitary place. So firstly, power at Peter's house. As you've seen at the accounts that I've just read, Jesus I've just finished the service. The demon-possessed man has been healed. The demon has been cast out of that man. And so now, after the service, is going to Simon and Andrew's house. Just picture this. The God of the universe left his glory and came on earth. And here, after the service, his disciples invited him for an after-service meal. He went and not too important to go to Peter's house. Unlike the important types of preachers I mentioned earlier on in my introduction. That's quite interesting. God, the eternal God, was that humble and had time for people, for his disciples. But then Mark tells us that as soon as they arrived, immediately they told Jesus about Peter's mother-in-law. So obviously Peter was married. Here in this account, they never mentioned Peter's wife. She was in bed with a fever and it was a high fever, as the other gospel account tells us. You see, in the ancient world, there were no cure for such fever or disease. Not at all. Not a chance. The first discovery of aspirin was around 1869-1870. And it's by Felix Hoffman. And apparently the first medication for aspirin was sold in 1900. So you can see here an aspirin deals with fever. So you're speaking about an ancient world whereby Peter's mother-in-law had this high fever and there's nothing else. Possibly she would die. Modern medicine had greatly improved and we have many options and opportunity to be treated. But Peter's mother-in-law was in bed and don't have a chance. Just imagine the bleakness of that. No cure for sickness and the anxiety and helplessness that comes with it. But then he tells us 
that Jesus went to her and took her hand and helped her up. And the fever left her and she began to wait on them. Here the king, the Messiah, displaying his power and authority over the physical world. Jesus healed her instantly. There wasn't any fuss about it. There wasn't any specific meeting place, a build-up music, some kind of healing meeting, none of that. In the most organic, domestic context, in reality, Jesus Christ just picked her up. And we see the uniqueness here about the power of Christ that you and I cannot just do that. We just can't. I can just go and pick someone up and then it happened like that. But here we see God in the flesh displaying his power. Another thing to notice was she got up and start to attend to them. And the cooking in those days was hard work. She had to do it from scratch. There wasn't any gas cooker or stove or anything like that. And you got to remember that if you had a fever right now, a really high fever, and you've taken medication and you feel more better, the fever has kind of left you, you still need time to recover, possibly a day or two or even more. But here it tells us that someone who had a high fever was instantly healed, perfectly healed. You see the difference? The miracle was clear. It was evident. It was powerful. Jesus recovered her to full strength. The physical restoration of Peter's mother-in-law points to who Jesus is and why he came. The sign of the miracle points to the Savior. Jesus is God. It also shows the future of his kingdom, that men will be physically restored to serve him. We see that Peter's mother-in-law was fully restored and what she did, she served her master. And so you see, when God calls us, when he saves us, when he heals us, that is for us to serve him. Peter's mother-in-law could have possibly died, but she was rescued. She was restored to what she should have been, not bound in bed to possibly die. But then we know that in the verses that I read, that after this healing, it gets busier for Jesus that same evening. And we discover earlier on that when Jesus healed the demon-possessed man, the, the, the Bible tells us that the word spread in the whole region. And so at sundown, at the end of the Sabbath, those people that heard about Jesus who cast out the, the, the impure spirit from that man at the synagogue, they all turned up at Peter's um, door. And so the Bible tells us that there are so many of them. And Jesus healed those who were physically sick and the demon-possessed folks as well, those ones who are spiritually sick as well. They experienced the mercy and grace of God. 
Jesus exercised his power over the spirit and physical world. And that's what he has come to do. He came to restore the image of God, the image bearers, and how he will set people free and restore them to his kingdom. You see, what he did here is a foretaste of his coming kingdom that one day you and I who are in Christ will be perfectly healed. There won't be any sickness anymore. And we will be fully happy in his kingdom. But that has not come yet. And here he's telling us, and we have that promised in Christ. But then another thing again was, the demons were silenced by Jesus. Why was that? Well, Jesus was silencing them for them not to create some kind of problems before his time to go on the cross because they knew who Jesus was. And so he silenced the demons. And so the next point for me to make is Jesus prayed in a solitary place. So with all that have happened, very early in the morning, after an incredibly busy day, Jesus woke up early to pray and to commune with his father. You see, I would have struggled to get up early after such a tiring day. How we should desire after our father and to commune with him. Even you know what? When we are tired. And maybe sometimes we need to wake up early. And that's a struggle. That's a challenge. And we all need to fight for that. It's really, really difficult. But here Jesus displays how we can find enjoyment in God. And how God comes first in his life. Jesus was starting his day right. That God will lead him and guide him. And as he was praying, he escaped praying in a solitary place. They were looking for him. Peter and others came looking for Jesus as he's the new celebrated preacher. And you know what was going on there? They wanted Jesus to jump on the bandwagon of his popularity. You see, his disciples had their fear of men, not of God. And that was what Peter specifically would repeat later on in the gospel when Jesus once says that he must suffer first before he received his glory and Peter rebuked him. And what did Jesus say to him? He said, get behind me, Satan. And that's the misunderstanding. You know, it's not about the human glory. It's about God's glory. And how did Jesus respond to all their force? Jesus replied, let us go somewhere else to the nearby villages so I can preach there also. That is why I have come. So he traveled throughout Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and driving out demons. That's Mark 1, 38 
through 39. Jesus rejected the enthusiasm of his disciples and their tone of annoyance because they were annoyed. What are you doing? People are looking for you. And they wanted Jesus to make use of his popularity. But Christ was focused on preaching and demonstrating his power for people to believe and to follow him. This is an indictment on celebrities preachers. You see, preaching is not about popularity, but about a person and for the people. The people wanted a miracle worker, but Jesus wants to be seen as the savior. You see, it's easy to see Jesus' healings and miracles and interpret it as if he's just that and has come to comfort us from all our diseases. You see, the point of his miracles were to show who he is alongside his compassion. But that's the bigger misunderstanding in modern Christianity that Jesus wants to heal everybody and people approach him to get healed and don't want to know him. Yeah, of course, God do heal us and he does want to bless us. But that's not the point. Christ don't primarily just heal all of us today. The point of his healing was to show who he is and for people to come to him. And so question, how do you view Jesus or what do you really want from him? Is he a miracle worker to you serving your desires or the Lord you constantly desire to know? The New Testament message is for us to know Christ and the glory to be found in knowing Christ. It's not about meeting our personal desires. God does care about our lives, but that's not the point. You see, the great Apostle Paul lost so many in his life. The Apostle Paul was influential. He had connections. But when he became a Christian, he lost everything. And this is what he says in Philippians 3.8. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ. Wow. Would you say that? Some people will not trade off anything for Christ. But that's the point. If even it costs you your career, Christ is greater and it's worth it. And so in conclusion, Jesus showed his power at the house, but in a domestic context. It's really incredible. I was amazed at this. He had the time and compassion for all the people that we are brought to him. He had prayed to the Father and rejected earthly human glory. You see, the celebrity preachers of our day not only 
do they not have time for the people, but they rather promote themselves. And we see how the true king mingled with his people and show his power and authority of who he is and why he came. And we can learn so much from this. So therefore, let Christ be your focus and not some man of God. He's the one that laid down his life for you. Trust in him. And he's a great example. He humbled himself, even death, on a cross. And if you don't know him, repent of your sins, believe and follow him, and you will be saved, and you will be blessed. So trust in Christ, not in man. Father, we thank you that you are the almighty God. We thank you, Jesus, that you humbled yourself. You lived amongst your people, but not only that, you saved them. And now you call us, Lord, to know you. And that is the greatest gift. Give us the wisdom, the strength, to live for your glory and not for us or others. Let us set our minds on heavenly things, not on earthly things. We give you thanks and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message. I hope you have been blessed by it. You've learned something from this message. And my hope is that you will put it into practice. But if you have any question, please email the Gospel Evil Podcast at gmail.com. That is the Gospel Evil Podcast at gmail.com. Can also encourage you to rate and review this podcast, but also share it. And that is for people to hear the gospel message. Thanks so much for listening. Until the next time, bye.